Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. We help business leaders attract and retain top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and bike riding business partner, Al McDonald. Al, you've got something to talk about today that's pretty special and does relate to your passion of uh, road biking. So uh, why don't you share? Well, thanks, Robin. Yes, I'll undoubtedly be out on my bike this weekend and getting built up, if you can say that, for August, because I have once again uh, signed up for the Great Cycle Challenge, which is the month of August, and it's uh, raising money for children with cancer. So I did that last year. This will be my second year. I've upped the ante this year a little bit. I've committed to do 600 kilometers. Last year was five. So that will be my project for August, and I'll be out on my bike this weekend trying to build up my stamina. (laughs) If you see him out there, cheer him on. He's in training. And, you know, and don't hit uh, him. Yes, and don't hit him. Keep him, keep him safe. We're very uh, proud of those efforts. It did quite well last year and uh, we got a lot of support from, from our community. So thank you very much. And, and we appreciate continuing support. Well, let's get to the episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Joining us today are two very special guests. We have Hannah Yardley, who's the Chief People Officer and Culture Officer at Achievers. Also from Achievers, we have Christy Jones, who is the Senior Director of Employee Success. Welcome to the show. Thank you. you. Good to have you here. And and I would be remiss not to send a special thank you out to Jeff Cates, who's the CEO of Achievers. And our listeners will remember, it's almost a year to the date, a couple of weeks shy that we had Jeff on the show because it was July and that episode just did so well. And we've developed such a great relationship with some people at your team. So it's, uh, I was really looking forward to it. And there's so much that we want to talk about here today. But I'm always interested in finding out, you know, you two work very, very closely together. How did the two of you meet and how are you working together today? You know, Robin, it's funny that you asked that. I am really grateful to have met Hannah when I did. We do share a mutual friend that has introduced us. This friend had told me that working with Hannah would be a perfect match for both of us. So Hannah and I connected for our first call to talk about a potential opportunity that was at Achievers. From my perspective, we had a pretty good conversation, learning a lot about Achievers and what she was looking for. I actually, though, ended that call not knowing or not feeling confident that I was the right profile that Hannah was actually looking for. And from that time went on probably about a month or so and received a phone call or reach out from from Hannah to connect again. And this time the call was very different in a sense that it was more purposeful around how do I get you and how do I get you on board? So the mentality or the mind frame seemed to have really shifted from where we had left off and how I was feeling. And I'm sure Hannah today will share maybe some of her thoughts on what was going on in her mind during that time. But really, 
that's how we met. And I would say, you know, from day one, when I started at Achievers, Hannah's been by my side, supporting me as we build the HR team, the HR function or employee success, as we refer to it here at Achievers. Now, I got to ask that mutual friend, did someone on either side take that person out for dinner for, you know, putting you two together? Actually, it was maybe, what, two months ago, Hannah, that we finally got to do that. Unfortunately, though, our friend wouldn't let us pick up the bill, though. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I guess she felt really good at her matchmaking skills and so was more excited to celebrate her matchmaking skills and ended up picking us out for lunch. But I'm certainly really grateful for that mutual friend after that first meeting. I wasn't sure that I wanted to proceed forward. I think we actually kind of both walked away from that opportunity. And I think our reservations were very different. And looking back now, I think going through that process is what really set us up for a great partnership. For me, I was really looking for a thought partner. So someone I could have interesting conversations with about the future of HR and the employee experience and the future of work. And I really valued Christie's experiences, but they were so different from mine. And I struggled when I saw those differences to see how we could really, really effectively work together. Um, But this mutual friend suggested that I take a look twice and in fact noted that it was the differences that I had with her as a friend that made us actually really better friends. And the idea that friendships or work relationships don't have to be with someone that looks like you, acts like you, um, but often when you're so different can be the most powerful. And I think that's what you often hear in this concept of culture fit versus culture ad, and that absolutely showed up in here. So I'm so grateful that I took a second peek and really thought about that concept of ad versus fit. I think you're so right about, I mean, not everyone has to be the same. And, you know, you're looking at Al and myself. We couldn't be more opposite in our personalities, in our, you know, the angle that we approach things. But I think it's those complementary skill sets and being able to have a conversation and Al bring something to the table that I might not have seen. I found several times in my 17 year partnership with Al, he's been able to see around corners that I haven't been able to see around and, and, and vice versa. So I think you being able to walk away from that first meeting and then come back again and say, hey, that might make sense. That might work for us. And it looks like, cause I'm, I'm only an outsider looking in and I don't know, I don't know you two very well yet. I have begun to get to know you, but I think it, it seems to me it's working pretty good. We're biased, but we think it's working. <laughs> <laughs> and I think to build on Robin's point, we can throw our third partner in there too, because again, he's a very different personality than the two of us. So we've got three partners that uh, we've worked together for now 17 years. And again, three very different in the way we approach things and the way we think. So I think you're right. You do need those differences. I want to talk a little bit about some of maybe the hurdles that you've encountered in your career or, or, or since you two have joined forces. Can you talk a little bit about some of the hurdles you've encountered and, and how you've overcome them? Sure. I'd say... You know, one of the hurdles that I think for me coming right out of the gate in starting the role at Achievers was readapting to what Achievers style was, where their culture was coming from, very different from where I came from, in a sense. And right from the get-go, even that first initial call that I did have with Hannah, there was full transparency in our dialogue right from the get-go. I think there was that feeling of what do we have to lose at this point? And that transparency really continued and has continued, which for me is really the foundation of starting to build that trust. 
and having that trust between us and with things that I'm working on or things that she's working on, I think has really allowed us to come together because of our differences, right? You know, Hannah onboarded me in a sense into Achievers, really making me feel that I belonged at Achievers. And if you look to our Achievers Workforce Institute, uh, one of our latest research has come out around our belonging model. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the belonging model, there are five components which consist of being welcomed, known, included, supported, and connected. And I think these five pillars on its own are really what, for me, I think has helped us move in the direction to work together as we have been and really have put out some powerful, I'd say, programs. Christy, I couldn't agree more around that concept of trust. And it's such a hard one to overcome when you refer back to that culture fit versus culture ad because we are so different. Building that trust takes time and it takes purpose. And I think it means including people in things that you would often not include others in because it's harder to do it. Our relationship is one that doesn't always go well. Not everything can or will go well, but the fact that I have complete trust that no matter what we're doing together is moving this forward, that you've done your research, that you've figured out the problem, that we're going to get there is what's, what's really, really critical. And we find a path forward because those conflicts are healthy, but we can't have those conflicts unless I continue to include you. And that's why I love that pillar that you were just talking about with belonging in relationship building is that concept of inclusion, even when it's hard. Well, let's talk about those pillars because one of the things as I'm sitting here and you've, you've obviously put a lot of work into these, how are you using those going forward within the organization? So primarily our belonging model is being used both internally and externally. And if we look at really internally, it's our way of primarily helping our managers build that foundation with their employees that they truly do have a sense of belonging, right? So if we take our model and really purposefully identify what are those things that primarily look like and fall under the welcome pillar, right? Being welcomed is really being invited to be a part of the community. And welcomed is not just about when you join an organization. It's also during the employee life cycle. And when you are being a part of an initiative, like Hannah said, that inclusivity, when it's hard, still bringing them in and feel that they have a place at the table. If we then go to the next pillar, which is known, which is primarily you understand an individual. So a manager or a leader is truly taking the time to understand who their employee is. What are they about? What are their aspirations? You know, I think gone are the days that our personal lives get left at the door when we walk into our home office or into the office. And managers, I think, really need to embrace understanding who are these members on their team and how can I as a leader best support them? If we look at then the included pillar, it's really about being accepted without any reservations, right? So how do you accept someone for who they are so that individual can truly bring their full self to life, right? I was sitting with a colleague the other day over a lunch and they were asking me, you know, how are things going at Achievers? And 
I can honestly say that I truly do feel that sense of belonging. I feel as if I belong. And in that, it's, again, I'm included in things. I'm driving that inclusion as well within my own team as a leader. And I think, you know, include it can be one of those very, very powerful pillars under the belonging model. If we look at the supported pillar, this is really where you're recognized and developed based on values and your goals. So as a leader, how you support your employee is truly understanding what are those career aspirations? What are those development areas that they have interest in and that they really truly want to pursue? And how is you as a leader can set them up for that? If that is connecting them with the right people, if that is putting together some sort of special assignment or something to give them that exposure and that development, that's really what falls under that pillar. And then if you look at the last pillar, but not least, the connected pillar, it's really about developing and maintaining relationships over time. So it's not just a one and done, right? It's as we navigating in this hybrid world, how are you staying connected with those individuals that work at home or remotely on a full-time basis and those that are in the office and learning how to stay connected primarily in different ways if you have a distributed team. One of the very first episodes we did with a people person, so a chief people officer, the feedback from the HR community was just incredible. And, and we always circle back with our guests and say, hey, how was the show? How did it go? Any feedback? And one of the things that she had said was other HR leaders outside of Canada, outside of North America, were reaching out to share ideas because they liked what they heard on the show. And I suspect the series is called Success Leaves Clues. And I think you just gave a ton of clues to people out there. And I think I would suspect that you're going to get a lot of inbound messages to say, hey, I'd like to chat with you further because, and I appreciate we're all trying to grow our organization, but I've always felt that there's more value in sharing of ideas, right? And, and this is going to get out there because I've had people who said, well, don't connect with brokers on LinkedIn, other brokers in your field and consultants, because then they're going to get your ideas. And I just think that's so short-sighted. So I do appreciate you doing that. And I would hazard a guess that, again, people are going to reach out and want to know more about that, because I think there's a lot of value in, in what you just talked about. Happy to do that, for sure. I mean, where the rubber hits the road or, or where this has impact is when you can take action against it. So lots of models out there, lots of theories out there as to how we should engage and connect with our people. What I love about this one is that it's real, it's understandable, and it's really easy to enact no matter who you are in the organization, whether you're the CEO or you are a manager or you are just part of uh, the employee group, anyone can take this model and take action against it. Just a, a, a quick anecdote. So one of the ways that it shows up in our team is we often carve out time every single week actually to re-get to know each other. Um, the idea that feeling welcomed isn't just from the first person or the next person that's joining your team, but the idea that we're actually democratizing the concept of welcoming. So everybody is always has the information to know about each other that's really, really critical in building relationships. So it's not just the last person that feels like they're constantly having to get to know each other, but we're reconnecting all the time. 
that those people who are joining continuously feel welcomed. And it can be as easy as like a really quick question at the start of the meeting. And in fact, one of my favorite exercises was when we asked what reality TV show you'd most like to be on. It was not only a trust building exercise, but it was great to be connected, great to be welcomed. Many people let out their inner secrets as to which reality TV show is really important to them. Apparently, Housewives of Dubai and Selling Sunset are very popular. 90 um, Day Fiance, you know, there 90 you go. Day Fiance. But the idea is that when you take action against that, you can see how just a simple concept hits so many of those opportunities. You just got to start doing it. Hannah, can I ask you, so, you know, it's been more difficult in the last two years, obviously, because a lot of people went remote, not in the office. I know some offices, us included, have a hybrid approach now. So we do get to see some people, but how were you doing that? You welcoming people aboard, helping people get to know each other. How were you doing that? And ideally, face-to-face is the ideal way to do that. But short of that, how are you finding what worked for you? Yeah, I'll lean on on the theory first, which is that idea that democratizing those concepts. So the idea is that you don't have to be face to face, but you make it available to everybody, no matter whether they choose to be in the office, hybrid or virtual, those opportunities to feel that sense of belonging are available to to all those in the organization. We do it specifically in a a number of ways. We've got a really robust onboarding program. You get partnered with a buddy who's outside of your business. You immediately have access to someone else who's not in your day-to-day work. Within the first 90 days, you're connected into the entire new employee cohort. So you're also in the same position with you. You get access to leadership. So you know that there's no barriers to be able to asking questions. And we talk about those really hard issues, those things that everyone's facing in those first 90 days in that meeting with those senior leaders and everybody sits down with Jeff. So everybody is in the, what we call coffee with Kate's and he asks how it's going. He asks what was important or didn't work well for you in the onboarding. It gets really real. And the, the honesty that comes out in those conversations is, is really, really amazing. And that's on top. That's just like the icing on top of all of the regular 30, 60, 90 day or onboarding plans, making sure everyone has access to technology, all of that stuff you typically see. But I think it's those moments that are really applying the belonging model and kind of supersonic speed. I think we just found an idea that we can steal, Al. Coffee with McDonald. (laughs) (laughs) Espresso. So all of these learnings, you guys are specialists in the HR space. But what if you're not? There's a lot of our audience is made up of C-suites, founders, early stage startups, mid-sized companies, just business owners in general, people just looking to navigate because there's no playbook for what we've been through and, and where we're going. But the learnings that you've talked about and what you've built at your firm How would you apply this if you're not necessarily having the expertise that you two do, you know, maybe just talk about from different perspectives, how would another company apply some of these things to make it work for them? I don't know that it's necessarily any different if you're not an HR professional or not. The way that this model is meant to work is primarily for both employees and leaders, right? These are things that employees should be looking for and feeling during their employee life cycle. And I think for managers, it's recognizing these things, right? And I think it's going back to, you know, a point I had made earlier that, Gone are the days where you leave that personal stuff at the door and listening to our employees on what they have to say, what they want, where they want to go, how you can support them, I think are really the things that any leader should be drilling into and having those open conversations with their employees. 
right? It's more than just having an employee here to do a job. It's how do we make those employees feel as if they belong in this organization to do the work that they're doing, right? And for executives, if I look at executives specifically, it's how are you being purposeful in ensuring that employees within your organization or within your team division are also feeling that not only from their leader, but their leader's leader, right? So similar to what Hannah said about, you know, Jeff wants to know everyone and takes that time. I think that's important for executives to know who these individuals are. Who are the employees that are supporting our brands, our products, to obviously really help us be profitable and be successful in the marketplace. So I think it's really drilling down on understanding our employees, taking the time to welcome them, get to know them, include them, support them, and of course, keep it all connected. Yeah. My tidbit on that would be if people are struggling to choose to do it, is that there is no longer a choice. The choice is not to do or not to do. The choice is to learn how to do it. Been an absolute massive shift when it comes to employees' perspective about organizations, particularly because of the the pandemic. Um, Some of our our latest research say that 42% believe that a company's culture has diminished since the onset of the pandemic. And with most employees blaming that on lack of communication, lack of effort to making people feel connected, particularly those that are remote. And so it's not about an if, it's a when. And what this model really helps to do is give CEOs, owners, founders, anybody in the business, your peers, your colleagues, whoever it might be, the words to describe the things that we have now identified as being meaningful to employees. And now that you have those words, you can go and take action against all of those pillars. And when you hit those pillars, you know that what you're doing is creating meaningful and engaging opportunities for your employees to build that culture. You heard it here. There's no excuses. It's not a question of not doing it. It's as Hannah said, it's you must do, right? I think you've hit on some (laughs) great points. And we've had some other discussions with some HR individuals about, you know, just a lot of the disruptions that are going on right now in terms of the market and the, the marketplace and the cultures at businesses. So I think you're right. I think you brought up a lot of great points. So I want to move on. So I want to finish off with one final question that I've asked many of our guests before. There's a saying that goes, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. Can you talk a little bit about some of those proverbial trees that you might be planting that you'll never see any benefit from, but someone else will? So the seeds that I'm planting now are are a little bit more broad, but I think that HR is at this really critical juncture in their role within the organization. I think they were absolutely catapulted into this stratosphere of really significant leadership discussions and directions really connecting with employees and having their leadership peers understand how valuable and important and critical the HR function is. And now we get to do something with this. So the seeds that I'm planting, every time I get a chance to speak to my peers, my colleagues, my friends in the HR space, I love that I can also share this message with those out there today that might not be in HR. 
is that we need to water those seeds because we've seen the benefit and the impact of bringing that employee experience, engaging employees, thinking about how they get connected back to the business is really what churns and creates the energy behind a successful business. And I worry that without direct attention and purposeful attention that this will go away. So for my friends in HR, double down, double down now. So what we see in the future is this continued emphasis and for my friends who might not be in HR, really continue to bring those individuals into the conversations because we're having better business outcomes as a result of it. Anything to add on that, Christy? Any thoughts from you? I don't know that I have any other thoughts. I would agree with everything she said. So I think we would just end it with Hannah. I think that was a great answer. And I think that's probably a great place to wrap it up yeah. and leave people thinking about that because I know I'm going to after we finish recording. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your messages. I think there's a lot of value here and I think the audience is going to really enjoy this one. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Achievers? Find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, and Hannah? that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. Okay, I mean, perfect. You typically LinkedIn or email addresses. I don't really care if people email me either. But... Okay. Well, LinkedIn, let's leave it at that for now. That does it for today's episode. As always, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.